You're listening to the FMC podcast. Thanks for tuning in. It goes he goes on to say the church does not engage in proselytism. And this is that famous instead she grows by attraction. Mm-hmm. Just as Christ draws all things to himself by the power of his love, culminating in the sacrifice of the cross, so the church fulfills her mission to the extent that she accomplishes every one of her works in spiritual and practical imitation of the love of her Lord. So I wanted to start with the first difference in attitude is that evangelization um, is one of taking what's inside of you and displaying it hmm. to the outside world. Whereas proselytization is rather trying to almost cause something to happen in another person, but it's not coming from within inside of you. It's something that's without. It's something that's from outside an idea or an argument rather than this kind of um, uh, this kind of love that's within you. And I think that's really important because what ends up happening in evangelization that Pope Francis talks about over and over again is that an evangelizer or an evangelist is one who listens. And that's so important. He said in 2013, early on in his papacy, evangelization goes out to others and listens to them. Proselytization excludes others and simply talks at them. Proselytization is proud and convinced it has all the answers. But we must put ourselves in another's condition, not get in others' way, but be on the way with them. So this idea of number one, a spiritual life and number two an ability to listen and not have the need to correct and simply right. give all the answers yeah I think it, there's also um, it's you, you mentioned um, the presentation uh, in as evangelizing um, the, is a present presentation of something that's within you and proselytization being, you know, uh, something outside of you that you're handing to someone. Yeah. Um, I, I'm thinking of really a lack of proselytization showing a lack of our trust in the Holy Spirit's action in the world. Um, kind of, as you said, like, we have to make this certain um, conversion happen here um, instead of and and this I don't know it's every time that I start talking about it I start thinking of different sides of this thing like I think it's a very slippery topic um, but you know what I, what I was thinking is that it, we we have it has to be by our example and our concrete acts of love coupled with our proclamation of the gospel that and then that's it we it's like we're we need to be simple-minded in a sense and almost short-sighted 
mm-hmm. in our actions, not to say, well, or not to focus so much on, okay, is what I'm doing going to create a convert for the Catholic Church? I mean, I, and that's very clearly not the attitude that we're to start with. It's not to say that, I mean, clearly we want people to be Catholic. We're Catholic missionaries and... um we believe that the Catholic Church has the fullness of divine revelation, but to we need to it's like we need to start from the person of Jesus, um, which is you know sounds like such a Protestant idea to to many Catholics and and did to me at one time even just the name of Jesus it's almost uh, something you don't hear a lot (laughs) in Catholic discussions Um, but you know there's no absolutely no reason for that uh, doctrinally you know speaking Um, but I I think I've sort of lost track of where (laughs) Well, what I was talking about. I mean, I think one thing that you're touching on that's just so important, you know, in these first two points is that an evangelizer above all other things is authentic. Hmm. And, you know, Pope Francis says the essence of evangelization is a witness to Christ with one's whole life. Go and share in the lives of others, accompany them on the journey of faith that they might grow in faith along their way. Evangelizing is giving witness, testimony. You got to have that testimony before you can give it. And so often, I believe, you hear these cliches and things that people say that they really don't believe and they give out an anti-witness. For example, I remember many times hearing, again, um, among the poor, people coming down from the United States and Mexico and they would try to pray over a poor person they felt it was the first time they had been confronted a lot of times with the poor, uh, 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 not just a homeless man that they could um, kind of make excuses for that that guy wouldn't be homeless if he actually worked hard or something, but just the real poor of a developing world, people that work, uh, grind themselves down in work and still are just miserably poor. And they'll say, I've heard people say this many times, well, Jesus is all you need. And it always bothered me because I thought of how oftentimes it's easy for us to say that, but do we really believe it? I mean, do I really, as I send that person away without giving them physical aid because Jesus is all they need, and uh, then I'm going to go and fill myself up with food. I'm going to go use my computer I'm going to go read my book to develop my mind. I'm going to go do all the things that make up for an authentic and true and rich human life. But I just kind of in an inauthentic way express to this poor person that they don't need any of those things. They only need Jesus. It, it, to me, it, it bothered me. Um, I didn't want to ever say that to somebody because I do think that Jesus is the most important thing, but he's certainly not in a literal sense, all that we need. Um, There is a certain, 
I think, point of being authentic. If if I, for example, can't, uh, if if I don't think it's worthwhile to go to daily mass, I shouldn't advertise it as though um, our church is better because um, you need you can go to daily mass and be with Jesus every day, and it's the best, it's the greatest thing, and you need to do that. And since you can't do that, you know uh, your church is less because I need to first. If I'm going to advertise that, I might want to ask myself the question, why aren't I there? And there might be good reasons for that. I'm simply pointing out that these are oftentimes ways that people talk. And it's important that in evangelizing, you know, Pope Francis says straight up, give witness without too many words. And, you know, I thought of this this phrase that we've wrestled with here at FMC. Mm-hmm by St. Francis that says, you know, many of you listeners have heard it, evangelize and if necessary, use words. And that that bothered me when I first became a a missionary because I found that many people use that as a way to stay timid and just never talk about Jesus and say, well, I just need to, to live it. And then I went through a long period of time where I thought, well, Evangelize and if possible, use words. Speak as much as possible about Jesus. But then I discovered oftentimes that our need to use words oftentimes reveals our lack of holiness. In other words, I found that oftentimes in my life, when I wasn't living in such a way that somebody would ask me hmm. why it was different, the way I supplemented with, for that was I just talked a lot about holy things but it dawned on me just recently i just had to ask myself truly do i live in such a way that it would actually strike somebody as i was different enough to work you know to even ask about and that's mm-hmm. an interesting question because as christians in the united states so often we try to be relevant we try to be we fit it try to fit in we try to be something that if you look at Everyone will think, you know, yeah, yeah, he's a cool guy. He's just like me. Like, look, he's got, he wears clothes just like me. Like, he doesn't look, you know, he's he's not lame or anything like that. <laughs> um, but then it just kind of becomes this selling of oneself. And and John Paul II said beautifully um, in Novo Millenio in Yunte, holiness is a message that convinces without the need for words, for it is the living reflection of the faith of Christ, face of Christ. And he quotes, By this all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. And so again, I think when we talk about evangelization, notice the difference. Evangelization is first union with Jesus, listening and being one of authentic holiness, a holiness of life that's not simply, uh, I go to Mass every Sunday. No one sees that. It's not simply, I don't cuss. It's living a radical Christian life, a radical Christian life. And I think that, that we'd have to discuss on another a time, but right. I think evangelization begins with giving witness to Christ. Uh, with one's whole life, as Pope Francis says. Yeah, I um, wanted to maybe jump back for just a minute. Um, we're getting to the end of the time here, but um, 
<laughs> the uh, or we can I don't well <laughs> let's see what time oh uh, there's a lot of ums that I'm gonna I'm gonna cut out and make myself sound better um, shoot I forgot what I was gonna say uh, oh well the 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 Saint Francis quote um, I think it from what I understand he'd never said it yeah um and that's a a good thing to <laughs> to look into uh there were there's a suggestion which i think we all agree with that you've got to practice what you preach and there's that suggestion in one of his rules uh for the franciscans but those that specific phrase which i agree with you you know uh, I know personally, I used that as an excuse to n- not have to say, to be timid and not yeah, have to say anything. Yeah. I mean, I literally, I remember reading that like, oh, well, St. Francis of Assisi said this, so I don't, I don't have to be all preachy. Um, but as I, the opposite is true as well, all words and no, you know, a witness within your life, that's a counter witness and it strips the credibility out of your mm-hmm. words and the mm-hmm. credibility out of the gospel because the gospel the idea that we're presenting is that it changes you and if you're not changed then who's going to believe you you know so i think it's this for me a sort of a frustrating balance um cuz sometimes you want to just well i would just let me just do the work and not talk to anybody about it. Or let me, it works too hard, let me just tell you what I think because I don't really believe in myself. There's got to be a balance of of both, of action and words. Words are powerful and um, maybe some of us need to use less, maybe both of us need to use less in our podcast. Um, but for some reason they've given us this platform and I don't think it's to be silent. Um but anyway, uh, I think you see this, like the church um, calling us to evangelization that never um, is without true charitable action to other people. Um, there are two sides of the same coin. Um, that we should never try to separate in it. So we've got to be authentic believers who do what we, uh, do what Christ tells us to do, and tell people why we're doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, I think you know another another aspect that as we're kind of building here, that's just so important is. You know, Pope Francis especially talks about this idea of dialoguing with others and being willing to learn from others, knowing, he says, that no one owns the truth because the truth is received by the encounter with Jesus. So often in our encounters as evangelists, we lose this. uh, I remember us when I was a kid, not a, a young boy, but when I was a teenager, I was involved in a group, and we do this on Monday nights. We'd go out witnessing, it was called, 
um, down to the mall and we would go and we would um, have a clipboard with like three questions on it and we would go up to people and we would ask them two questions that were very trivial such as you know what's your favorite store here and what's your favorite ice cream and then we would ask them this question that was something like uh, if on a scale of one to 100 if you died tonight how certain are you that you would go to heaven and if they said anything but 100% certain then we would go into this uh, basically like our pitch and you know that's just not uh, you know no one if if anyone said anything less than 100% they said 90% because of this I was you know we were not to that wasn't something we were there to listen to Mm. we weren't there to learn from anyone we weren't there to uh, you know be possibly renewed in our understanding of anything we were there we were there to basically change their minds right we had the truth and we were set free and we were there to change their mind and and i remember every time i i anyone said anything you just figured out a way to bring it back to it was a very closed-minded way of approaching anybody and in a certain sense, it was inauthentic because, um, you know, Pope Francis talks about this, that an evangelical attitude is one that seeks dialogue that's close to the heart of the listener. In other words, we if, if we want to seek dialogue, we need to be closer as we're listening and the person's listening to us. We need to try and be close to their hearts and build bridges, not simply show how we're different Hmm. and um i think that that's just that's so important because in the united states we have these debates you know and you hear these debates and you just expect that whatever side of the debate you know if if one of them were to ever say that's a really good point i never (laughs) thought of that you know that man that's really making me rethink all of this they immediately the way that everyone would talk is oh you that he just destroyed that person or Imagine in the presidential debates if, you know, this last one around, you know, President Trump said something and, and um, you know, Secretary Clinton said, oh, you know, that's a really good point. I hadn't really ever thought about that. You know, that's that's a really good idea. Like an honest dialogue. Every Trump su- um, supporter would have been pointing out that how awful she was and how like ignorant Weak she was. And the yeah. same thing, vice versa. It's like they have to, and if they change their mind on anything, then they're flip-floppy and they're wishy-washy. And so we present this very false and oppositional to dialogue type of relating to people that so easily becomes part of our way of evangelizing when all what, what we're kind of sometimes deceive ourselves into thinking is that what the other person needs is answers. Mm. And I've discovered as a missionary people aren't looking for answers they're looking for jesus they're looking for love they're looking for closeness they're looking for something so much deeper than answers that's the reason why Jesus' most important thing he ever said was his silence on the cross you know that's the center of every catholic church it was his action and i i just i i feel that's so important pope yeah. francis continually is calling us back to is not 
trying to simply always argue and win right. win an argument. Well, that, that brings to mind the episode that we uh, discussed um, maybe even yesterday at morning prayer and the thing you've sent to me um, that I, I, I believe I'd, I'd heard about before where Pope France, uh, a young uh, Filipino um, or a uh, yeah, it was in Manila. Yeah, in, in, the, in Manila. Um, or it was a girl who said, told of all these terrible things that had happened to her family. She was a street child, and she said, she started crying as she was giving her uh, witness to the Pope. Um, started crying and said, why did God allow this to happen to my family? And... Pope Francis didn't give her an answer because there is no answer. And he, he and that's what he said was that um, you ask the only question to which there is no answer, um, which is a terrifying thing in one sense, you know, because uh, we all want the we all would like answers. Um, but I think what makes, you know, that episode powerful is that we just see Pope Francis being there with that girl. It's not that he solved her problems, it's that he cared enough to be there, to listen. And um, I think it's important uh, for us to realize that you know, honestly, the Catholic Church and Christianity does not have the answers to everything. Mm-hmm. Becoming a Christian does not give you the answer to mm-hmm. everything in your life. Um, I daily struggle with God and, and say, you know, why, Lord, I don't know why this is happening, um, but I'm going to follow you anyway. And if we present our religion, if we present Jesus as just an answer giver, mm-hmm. um, then the converts we that do come across um, are going to be disappointed later on down the road when they realize that that's not actually what happens, yeah. you know? Um, and I think the consolation is God's presence period and it's um, sometimes a bitter consolation it's sometimes not immediately satisfying to me Um, it's like God you're here but why are you doing the why are you not doing certain things why are you doing certain things Um, we shouldn't expect God to give us the answer to that um, but we shouldn't stop asking. I think God wants us to be in conversation with Him um, and to pour our hearts out. But if we're called to be like God, then we and we strive to know Him, and we realize that many times there's silence. Many many times God is just listening. Then we have to realize that's what we you know we have to be like God. We have to be like Christ to other people. Mm-hmm. So. That's what he's calling us to do, not to just give them all the answers, because we don't have them. The only answer we have is Jesus, and 
then that's all we have to present um, as far as ideas. The other things that we can present are our time, our um, goods, uh, you know, the blessing of, of money or things that God has given us. We can share those with people and try to help them out here in that way. Um, but we don't have to claim that we know everything. Uh, yeah, no, and I think, you know, I love this line by Pope Francis. He said, I believe, as I have already said, that our goal is not to proselytize, but to listen to needs, desires, and disappointments, despair, hope. We must restore hope to young people, help the old, be open to the future, spread love, be poor among the poor. We need to include the excluded and preach peace. And I think, you know, he also says one of the concrete signs that we have truly encountered Jesus is the joy we show in communicating that encounter to others. This is not proselytizing. It's giving a gift, he says. I give you what gives me joy. And you could begin to like see the difference is that, again, proselytizing is kind of like advertising. You could imagine something like, um, I, I imagine something like an athlete um, who gets up to advertise for a, a, a sports supplement or a vitamin and um, he advertises that vitamin as though everything about who he is and where he's at is a result of that vitamin, which he may have or may not even ever have taken. Right. And you think of that, that's what kind of like what proselytism is in the spiritual life. It's one that takes kind of a model, which may even be a true model, just like that yeah. vitamin may be great. But it's then attributing what's really not there, attributing the joy of your life to Jesus when the joy of your life isn't Jesus. It's playing the Xbox. It's, uh, you know, going out and uh, I'm never just thinking <laughs> no, no, of, had, of um, true things here. Yeah, there was a time. There's, there's a false <laughs> advertising and that then you kind of become also involved in that proselytizing attitude is one that then kind of takes note. Like, notice how many have come over to our side. It begins right. to take note of um, what you've done, of your task, or even boasting. Look at all we've done. Look how many conversions happened because of this tent revival or because of this, you know, he was such an amazing sermon, um, but it becomes all these external things where the way that uh, the way of Jesus, Pope says, is not easy, but it's recognizing that the conversion that happens never depends on the missionary. Mm -hmm. He can do everything possible, but the proclamation of Jesus and of the truth, he says, depends on the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the evangelizer. Right. We simply go along with the Holy Spirit. I love this line. There was this movie. It actually looked really boring. I may have even said this in a podcast. It struck me so much. But this line from a movie called Pope John the 23rd. It looked so boring when we when our family was going to watch it. We had nothing else in mission. So he turned this thing on. <laughs> ended up being a great movie. But there's a line where a guy's talk, a cardinal's talking to 
John the 23rd about the Vatican Council. He's at Second Vatican Council. He's about to, um, you know, stir up the hornet's nest and, and open this council. And he says, do you really think the Holy Spirit is going to help you? And he said, no, the Holy Spirit never helps me. It is simply I who help him in his mission. He is the protagonist. You know, there was just yeah. this beautiful recognition that it's not I'm the center and God will help me to stay there. It's that he is the center. And I just want to be a means of helping others to get there, to, to see that center. And that is not one of complicated answers hmm. The greatest evangelists oftentimes in scripture, certainly the first few evangelists, I think of the Garrus, uh, the demoniac from, uh, depending on which gospel, the Gerasene demoniac, uh, who is told to go back and tell his testimony to his people, wasn't, wasn't even, uh, I mean, he was no clergy, he wasn't even a disciple of Jesus, he just had an encounter with the truth and was told to go back and just share what he had. He wasn't told to make a note of how many. He wasn't told to do a building project. He was just told to go and share that joy that he received, that liberation. And the same thing you see with the Samaritan woman in John chapter 4, who goes back and simply tells the others, he told me. I mean, it's a very simple message. And she doesn't seem to be all that convinced about, uh, well, okay, I'm going to need to spend the next couple years developing proof text and programs in order that if anyone rejects me I could then go that's not evangelization evangelization is not again like somehow pushing somebody bullying them or in in any way uh, kind of overcoming them it's simply Mm -hmm. presenting the loving message of the gospel and, and having the faith to know that that's enough. Like Jesus will work. The Holy Spirit will convince hearts. When people see us loving them, loving one another, um, I think that's that's just, I want to say one last thing on this, sure. on this topic, on this note, is that, you know, they knew they were Christians by their love for one another it was like a common thing that you hear in the early church and, and the popes speak on it. And I think it's so important this time where the, there is a tendency I've noticed in the last two papacies um, of being ultra critical of our Holy Father and the Chief Shepherd um, I noticed it starting, especially under Pope Benedict, when there were people would call him the Rottweiler and all sorts of names to make it seem like he was just uh, this, you know, ultra conservative, which made ultra conservatives very happy. And yet, many of the things that people critique Francis on uh, atheists, the possibility of salvation for atheists, Pope Benedict has spoken about much more in depth. If, um, the, the environment just read Pope Benedict's last social and uh, last encyclical which is a social encyclical and it talks about the environment that you can't be pro-life if you um, are not pro-environment that it makes no sense to be pro-environment if you're not pro-life 
there's all sorts of things we've just kind of I think it's a work of the of the devil to be honest I'm just gonna say yeah to draw us away from one another to put up walls that make us say you know this pope is better than that pope or I belong to this no evangelization starts inside the church how do you love your neighbor how do you love you know that person inside the church and I think people will be looking at us they'll know us by our love not by I, I mean yeah not by our division not by our dis, you know, squabbles our, our deep, um, yeah or our, our you know profound Thomistic ideas or something that that's not what converts a heart right yeah I think um, again it's a very complex topic you know it's as missionaries, um, especially, you know, uh, people, you know, if you're devoting your life to this, it can be very disheartening um, if you've put your worth as a missionary in tangible, uh, say, conversions or, you know, mm-hmm. checking this off. Okay, I did this retreat and look at the lives that it changed. I've been successful. Um that's an again um there's that an old quote i was actually looking it up and it wasn't i thought it referred specifically to missionaries but um it talks about the sort of uh positive um effects of on, on a society when um a person plants a tree uh, you know, plants a seed for a tree under whose shade he may never sit. Um, and I think that's the type of evangelism that we should be striving for, is to not... We're not... It's not that conversion is a problem. That's clearly not the case. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just that that is not what we should be focusing on. So as we've been saying, it's an attitude. It's um, and it's to our benefit. Uh, we don't understand the Holy Spirit. We don't know how He works and on what timeline He's working. And um, the different things that we say to people, the different actions that we, uh, the different you know things we may give them, or uh, time we spend with them, all of these things give witness to Christ and that needs to be enough for us to simply be Christ um, to another person period that's evangelizing mm-hmm. um, as you say listening to them and it's not about numbers it's um, it's it's about I guess yeah <laughs> I think it's you know it's uh, and, and I think this is another just important distinction is that why you know proselytism Pope Francis gives this idea that proselytism is something like this I am talking with you in order to persuade you mm-hmm. I am with you now I have visited you in the hospital right. in order to persuade you I have given you this $5 in order to persuade you. So, in other words, it's a love with strings attached. 
You know, but Pope Benedict says in Deus Caritas S, which is just such a beautiful document, he says, Charity cannot be used as a means of engaging in what is nowadays considered proselytism. Love is free. It is not practiced as a way of achieving other ends. And that's that's so important. You know, like, we don't go out and do works of mercy in order to convert people. You know, we do works of mercy because Jesus asked us to and because we encounter Jesus in others and because we love Jesus so much that we're going to do those things. But I'm going to tell you first, I'm going to be the first to confess that as a missionary, very often I fall into proselytism and we do works of mercy and we don't see people come to Jesus Mm -hmm. and we feel bad and I realize immediately I feel bad because I think that there was a part of me that was doing those works of mercy not purely for Jesus not purely for the Holy Spirit and and to serve God but because there was a part of me that was hoping that I would do it in such a way that others would come to know Jesus and it's very deceptive because Mm -hmm. it's using a good yeah. In order, I mean, those are the most decepting types of things is using something that's good. I mean, everyone should come to know Jesus, but using it in such a way, if you read many of the, um, you know, the inquisitors and those type of ways of thinking that led to the Inquisition, a lot of it was seeing the goodness of coming to know the Lord or being a part of the church. Uh, and then disregarding the means by which right. one brought somebody to that good. And that's kind of, I think, the same thing with the proselytism. We must be pure in our means because in the end, God's not going to judge us on how many souls we brought to the church. That's not God's going to judge us on how we loved him and others. His right. job, according to the teaching of the yeah. church, it's the Holy Spirit's job. The principal agent. Of right. To convince, agent. to convict, to convert. We simply have to, we, we still have to talk about God and all of that without, rec- but recognizing that it's not up to us. And it's certainly not being up to us is in no way the result of our efforts when God chooses for one reason or another to bring about conversions in the spiritual life. Like it's not because we're awesome or holy or better. Yeah. Although sometimes we fall into that and present it that way. Yeah. That's not the way it is. Yeah. Well, we'll close it out here. Um, with, um, with Jonathan and, uh, I want to end with just a, a, a quote, a beautiful quote from, um, Pope Francis. Uh, all men, all women have a restlessness in their hearts. They may be good or bad, but there is a restlessness. Listen to that restlessness. It's not saying go out and proselytize. No, no, go and listen. Listening is the second step. The first, get up and go. The second, listen. That ability to listen what does someone feel what does the heart of this person feel what does it think 
but do they think mistaken things? But I want to hear these mistaken things in order to understand where the restlessness is. We all have this restlessness within. The second step for the church is to find the restlessness of the people. And dear Lord, we just come to you who place this restlessness in our hearts, Lord, so that we might find our rest in you. We just ask you to teach us, Lord, to be more in love with you, Lord. Teach us how to find you and teach us how to listen. Give us humility, Lord. Give us patience. And most of all, dear Lord, give us a gentleness, a tenderness of spirit that we wouldn't seek to judge and to find fault in others, Lord, but that we would seek to be merciful, that we would seek to discover their dignity, that we would seek to give them the joy of the gospel. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. All right. Thank you, Jonathan. And um, thank you for uh, all of you for listening. All, 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 the, all of the hordes of people listening out there. <laughs> hordes of two. Um, we love you. Uh, a shout out to all our missionaries, FMC missionaries uh, listening um, around the world. We love you. Um, we're here for you and uh, we learn from you yeah learn we we learn great we're we're uh listening to to you and uh anyway uh that's it <laughs> see y'all see y'all next time we appreciate you listening to today's podcast please tune in again next week and we look forward to seeing you may god bless you